Why, hello, it is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we hung out with Kyle and Cody of Real Friends over Zoom video. Both Kyle and Cody talk about where they were born and raised and how they got into music, the first bands that they played in. Kyle talks about the origin story of Real Friends. We hear about how Cody and Kyle connected how Cody ended up joining the band, what it was like joining a band that had already had success and uh, a fan base, what that was like for him, their experience with putting out that first EP and making the announcement that Cody is now the singer of Real Friends. And they talked to us a lot about the new EP that was just released, which is called There's Nothing Worse Than Too Late. You can watch our interview with Kyle and Cody on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It would be amazing if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it would be incredible if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with real friends. Sweet. Um, cool. Well, I'm Adam, and this is about you guys and your journey in music, and we'll talk about uh, the new EP and everything. Awesome. Sweet. Cool. So um, I guess first off, we're uh, born and raised. Kyle, we'll start with you. Where were you born and raised? Uh, I was born and raised in uh, the suburbs of Chicago. Okay. What yeah. was that like? Uh, it was awesome. It was cool. We had a really uh, thriving music scene. Uh, when I was growing up um, around here, I think it being near such a large city as well, mm-hmm. um, I think was really helpful with just, there was just like so many bands and so many venues and everything. And I think that really shaped me, you know, into who I am today, even just being around all that. And I, I think I'd be in a much different position if it wasn't for being where I'm from. Yeah, for sure. What about, do you come from a musical household? No, not at all. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. Did you, how, well, how did you eventually uh, get into music? Uh, for me, I mean, it was really just like uh, just friends playing music. And um, like some of my friends started a band and I wanted to be in the band. So I learned to play bass because they were like, oh, we need a bass player. Like, and bass is easy. So you could like learn it and be in the band like soon and i was like okay so so oh, I, cool yeah so like so i learned uh how to play like very badly um <laughs> and then uh yeah started playing with them and yeah and it was kind of like they all kind of like grew out of it too you know and it was like something for me that just like has always stuck and that's like when i was like 12 or 13 so mm-hmm. oh, wow you started you were in a band really early then yeah yeah just uh yeah i mean like literally since that day it was like i've been in a band ever since so it was like always always something and it was just there was something about like going to band practice even and then the next step of course of like playing a show that to me was just like life-changing like it was like an unexplainable feeling of like being able when we finally got to the place of like being able to play through a song all the way through Sure. It was like, like, I can still kind of like remember that feeling of like, like accomplish, accomplishing something, 
but then also like fulfilling a sort of creative uh kind of place that i was never able to fulfill until then and i still kind of feel those like emotions now when playing which is kind of keeps me going i guess yeah that's so like it, i'm sure it, when you finish an album or a, an ep or something it, there's just that sense of you know completion or yeah yes much much uh higher level than when i was 12 or 13 but i would imagine <laughs> yeah yeah uh, that's cool man but like before you uh joined the band was did you always want to be in a band like do you remember being like 10 11 years old wanting to play in a band or was it just something your friends are doing you want to get involved you know not really it's kind of funny that you mentioned that because i never really thought about it it's like not really i, I was just like never really into music that much honestly until like it was kind of like early 2000s was kind of the time frame that i'm talking about like when you know pop punk and emo music i feel like kind of got really big for those couple of years oh yeah that was what i grew up on as well yeah like like our like the first band that i remember really listening to that made me want to be in a band was thursday oh that's um, awesome yeah. And it was like my, all my friends liked them. And I was like, Oh, this is cool. Like, you know, and before that, I don't really remember really listening to music, like, like being in into it as much as I was into like that style, you know, mm -hmm. it was like next, next level for me. Yeah. I can still remember being in my friends, like old Volvo and he, he had full collapse and he played understanding the car crash. And I was like, Whoa, like this <laughs> band is like, yeah. So like, I was just mind blown at that point. It was crazy. Totally. Yeah. I, I, uh, I actually grew up more on like new metal music. Okay. So like I was like really big into like Slipknot and like Mudvayne and like system of a down and like stuff like that. So, um, so it was kind of cool to me. I feel like the bridge was sort of like those bands like Thursday that kind of had the heavier influence, but mm -hmm. they weren't necessarily like heavier bands. So I think that that kind of helped bridge that gap because i feel like they kind of had that more like hardcore influence you know yeah like you could kind of hear it in some of their songs yeah there's so definitely the screaming but jeff can like sing really well too this is definitely a, a cool kind of combination there yeah yeah for sure and i think that that was sort of the like it was like new metal and then like i kind of got into some hardcore stuff and then the emo stuff it was like that was sort of like the bridge you know yeah yeah for sure what about you, uh, Cody? Where were you born and raised? I was born in Cranbrook. Uh, it's in British Columbia in Canada. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was raised there kind of. I, I only lived there until I was about um, 11 or 12. And then uh, I grew up, like was raised in Kelowna. Uh, and that's kind of where I got involved in the music scene in the first, first place. Uh, started out with local bands like stutterfly and uh cry the afflicted and just like a bunch of random local bands and uh, that's kind of what got me interested in wanting to play music mm -hmm. and then uh i went to vancouver and that's where uh i did most of my like like had my very first band and everything um and i started out as a guitar player actually oh, uh yeah was that your first instrument yeah for the most part i actually actually my first instrument was drums i tried playing drums for like a month and was not good at that <laughs> um so then went to uh went to guitar and uh yeah my first band was as a guitar player and uh 
played like a handful of shitty shows. I, we started out, I was like 15 years old. So we were, we were really young and just played like local shows and battle the bands kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then I didn't like my singer at all. And he did, he was not good at all. He like never wrote lyrics. He would always like sing gibberish and stuff. And, and like always annoyed me. And even in the studio, we recorded like demos and he like, was writing lyrics like in the studio or whatever and was having me like try to do parts and i was kind of like you know what like this sucks like i'm gonna just try to be like the vocalist instead so i joined how did he become the singer (laughs) in the first place i uh i yeah i quit that band and uh i i told them i was like you know what i want to be i want to be a singer instead of guitar player i don't really like how this is going and they got super mad at me (laughs) <laughs> they were, we were like 16 and they were like good luck that's never gonna work <laughs> they were like really mean about it and, all right uh, I'm, I'm sure none of those people are doing it uh professionally no anymore. none of them play music anymore <laughs> that's funny <laughs> um, um but uh yeah so i uh i i think i can't remember how i joined my first band i think it was the guitar player of that band or no, the bass player of that band was in what wanted to start another band and hit me up. It was like, Hey, we're thinking of doing like this and this. And like, I think we need a vocalist. And I was like, yeah, okay, cool. Like this sounds great. And, uh, I think I was maybe 17 or 18 at the time. And that was my first band as a vocalist. Wow. And was that, uh, like, did you move to Vancouver to pursue music or did your family end up moving there? <laughs> no, my family moved there. Yeah. I was actually really like, uh, really fought my mom about moving to, uh, to Vancouver. Um, cause in Kelowna, I was like getting really involved with the local music scene there and really like all the bands and music was very much like a community that I really needed at the time. Like I didn't really have uh much of anything else because i i definitely felt like a bit of a misfit and especially in Kelowna, it was very much like gym bros and everyone was very like working out going like doing sports and just Mm -hmm. like not like the kind of people that i really knew how to get along with and then i finally started finding this like underground music scene and my mom was like yeah we're gonna move to vancouver and I was so pissed off about it and d- didn't want to do it. And I'm super happy that that ended up happening because, uh, you know, in hindsight, there are way more people that like underground music and stuff from Vancouver than there yeah. were in Kelowna. A lot more and, music in general there, I would imagine. Yeah. Out of, I mean, Vancouver's a huge city. Totally. So, so it was, it ended up being really beneficial for me. And, uh, like right away, the high school that I went to, there was like a whole bunch of, uh, like emo and goth kids and they all hung out in the basement of the school. (laughs) And, uh, they had like this spot that we all like would sit at and just talk about bands, mostly being like AFI and the used and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, that was kind of like, what got me into being into music, I guess, was just like having those friends and um, that I, yeah, like I really desperately needed at that time in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Kyle, I don't know if you mind talking a little bit about just like kind of the, the origin of real friends. And then, but I also want to hear how, you know, you guys linked up with 
and start and had Cody join the band and of course talk about the new music you have out. Um, but how old were you when Real Friends started? Like when did the that band form? Uh, I think I was I was like around like twenty, I believe. Okay. Um, yeah, at the time, I mean, I was playing. Um, I had been in some other bands and stuff, just like in the area. And then like, also we did some like minimal, very small time, like touring and stuff. And I kind of like really wanted to try, you know, being in a band, like on a full time basis and like get signed and, you know, do what every band wants to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was actually playing like, you know, I tried so hard for years, like, um, you know, all through high school. And then like after high school, years after like i didn't go to college or anything i like was like i'm all in with music and i was like really trying and um a band that i was playing with that did some touring we ended up like splitting because like just the guys just didn't want to do it at the same level Mm -hmm. um that i wanted to do it and there was disagreements on that so then a buddy of mine was playing um was doing this project called breathe electric um that was like a one man kind of like electronic uh, emo kind of thing and um he was actually getting some traction and stuff and um i he asked me to play bass for him like in a live setting really like it was just like hired people um and uh i did warp tour in 2010 with him oh wow um, like the whole warp tour yeah certain... yeah oh, that's yeah. huge yeah the 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 whole tour um and on that tour i actually realized i was like and i had done a couple i toured with him for base like a year mm-hmm. and the warp tour in 2010 was the last tour i did with him i like, told him on the tour even like yeah i kind of feel like this just like isn't for me like to be playing songs that i didn't write you know like um like i love your songs and stuff but i just feel like this just isn't the position for me you know mm-hmm. Um, so I ended up not doing that anymore. And then I went home and kind of just like, didn't really know what to do. I was kind of like, maybe thinking like, Oh, I think maybe I'm just like done with music. It's funny to think about it now. Cause I was like, Oh, I've, I've given it so much of a shot. I was like 20 years old. I was like, this is getting old. <laughs> I was like so young, you know? And like, uh, and I think what's really, uh, really great about real friends actually is like when we started it was like it was just kind of this thing that um started from just people that i knew in the area like around the local music scene and we just started playing together it was started by me and the guitar player dave um and we just started writing songs together and like didn't really have this like plan it was just like yeah let's write some songs and it was Mm -hmm. like really simple like him and I would get together in my basement and like write songs and like um, then slowly we were like, all right, well we need to get like other people. And like, we found basically like all the other members eventually like kind of came in mm-hmm. and we would practice and stuff. And we were just kind of like, and I was on a totally different level with things. Now I was like, I'm not going to like hit up labels. I'm not going to email managers. Like all the other bands I was in, it was always like, you know, we got a tour. I got to do that. Right. Like I'm, I would email all these managers and stuff and like labels and like, we got to do it. And like real friends was actually the first time that I just was like, 
this is my last band that I'm going to be in. I told myself, I'm like, I'm just going to have fun with it mm-hmm. and just see what happens, you know? Um, and, you know, after like two years of doing the band uh, at a more like casual level of just like playing locally and stuff, um, we released an EP called Everyone They Dragged You Here in 2012. And it was like, we just put the songs out. Like we literally didn't have any like uh we didn't have any plan or like singles mm-hmm. or rollout or we're gonna do it this way we really yeah. like we Just got emailed the there. masters and we're like all right put it online and literally within two months like our lives were all changed because it was just like naturally blew up kind of online um it, where would you where'd you put like myspace or something at the time at the time myspace was kind of on the outs it was kind of more it like Bandcamp, Facebook, oh, okay. Uh, Twitter was kind of becoming more relevant. So a lot. Oh of it sure, was yeah, Facebook. 2012. I'm trying to think back. <laughs> yeah, like very beginning of 2012. Basically, okay. we released in January of 2012, and it was like, yeah, it was kind of crazy because I remember just every time I'd go on Facebook, I would like see something about it, and I'm like, man, like it was just so natural that it was like I'm really proud of that. That it was like not. I don't know. Like there was kind of nothing behind it. It was literally just like, people are like, I like these songs, which I think mm-hmm. that you, that gets a little lost these days, you know? Um, so I think that that's pretty cool, you know? And, and that summer we did our first ever tour um, that was just like self-booked uh-huh. and we were like drawing like 50 people in like cities that we never been. And we were like, Whoa, like this is kind of wild. Like, you yeah, know, that's like, crazy. Yeah. And like, uh, and yeah, and then it was pretty much like that year. And, um, the, the year after that 2013, um, we started doing it full time and I've been doing it full time for 10 years now. So that's incredible. Yeah. Were you, yeah. when you, when you left, uh, that the, the project you were in that did war tour, were you, did you just feel like kind of burnt out on it? I mean, you said that you were like, uh, you know, I, I want to be, I want to do something that's not that like you are writing the songs for and everything, but then to have, um, you know, to leave that you were kind of doing what you wanted to do. Were you concerned about not being able to play at that level again? Um, no, not really. I think there was like, you hear that you hear like warp tour and like tours and like, yeah, you know, like real tour packages and stuff. And like, you know, there, there's a charm to that, but also like, I was like, these songs aren't mine. Got like, the, like, I don't feel anything from plant, like as fun as it was. Um, and, you know, being behind the scenes on warp tour in 2010, like I was like so young and it was all like crazy to me to be like, Whoa, I'm on warp tour. Like, you know, like, yeah, it was, it was pretty cool, but I would, there was just also that missing that void, I guess, of like, I just feel like, you know, I was kind of meant to do something that was more personal. Cause I had always been, um, the like lyricist and all the bands I was in. So, wow. Okay. Yeah. So I think that that was something too, where I was like, like this guy that was doing breathe electric, like super talented and everything, but it was more so like, yeah, this is not going to be like a band. Like, this is my thing, which I totally get. Sure. Um, you know, and I was just kind of like, yeah, it's not for me. Like, and I, I wasn't really concerned with doing it at that level again. Like that would be nice, but 
I was just kind of like, yeah, that was cool. Like, I don't know if that'll happen again for me, but like at the end of the day, I want to write songs that are like my songs, you know? Mm-hmm. So no, yeah, that totally makes a lot of sense. So uh, what about you, Cody? Like what was the, was the point of, I know you've, you've had success with other bands. Like what was the first band that you had that really started to, to go? And what was that experience like? Um, well, so the band that I joined as the first vocalists, we, we had really crappy little tours that we did. Um, I was, I think 19 when I did my very first tour and, uh, we went out to like Edmonton and played to three people. Um, so that was, you know, a humbling experience. And, uh, what happened was there was a band from Vancouver called Callahan and uh they had a, a cross canada tour booked and i actually filled in as a vocalist they actually they kicked their vocalist out and uh had me fill in so that was actually my first cross canada tour uh oh, wow. and it was pretty sweet we did it with a band called farewell the freeway mm-hmm. um i can't remember who they were signed to or whatever but they were like pretty neat little band and they uh there was stuff with like protest the hero and the East coast and stuff like that. So it was like cool experience. Um, my very first tour, I was 21, I think at the time. Mm -hmm. And then, um, they were breaking up after that. It was kind of like a final tour. And so when we got back, um, I hit up a whole bunch of people that I knew and was kind of like, really caught the bug after that i was really like okay now i like i definitely like doing this i want to do this more and uh started a metalcore band and i was in a metalcore band for a bit and uh that was my first like real band where we were like okay let's uh you know really try to make something out of this and we were banned for like five years and toured can only toured Canada exclusively. Cause as a lot of Canadian bands do, we get, we got stuck in Canada um, and toured Canada probably six or seven times in wow. those five years. So it was just like, yeah, touring Canada over and over and over again. And we had gotten a pretty good name for ourselves, especially like, on the West coast, like we could go out and play like headline shows for like 200 people. And we were like really proud of that, but nothing really ever came of it just cause we were stuck in Canada. And, um, so yeah, that was, that was that pretty much. And it just never really ended up going anywhere and it slowed down. And then, and then we just fell apart naturally. And, uh, yeah, I, then I, started another band called parting ways. And then I was in a band called youth found and mm-hmm. uh, youth found was kind of the first band that like actually got attention. Um, we, uh, yeah, we released a couple of songs and that blew up online and uh, started getting label interest like right away. And um, that was the first band that I ever toured the United States with. Um wow. So, so yeah, that was my, I guess, sixth or seventh band at this point. And that was the first time that I was finally able to tour the United States, um, which is crazy to think I had probably played like 200 shows before ever actually going into the States. Uh, so yeah, so that, and that band, uh, yeah, started doing really well. And, uh, that's kind of how real friends found me was through that band. And, uh, that, that band, 
was actually like it wasn't i didn't leave that band to join real friends i was actually um in the process of leaving that band uh when it all happened that like tyler and i were kind of having some disagreements on uh on the on the band and how on how things were going and uh we were kind of taking a break from it and the opportunity for real friends came along and it was kind of just perfect timing. And, uh, so yeah, I joined real friends and it kind of worked out the best for both of us where I was able to do this and, and you found continued on solo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so man, your, your voice is incredible. I, it's one of those things where you join a band that's established, right. And then you have to kind of prove yourself as the new you know the voice of the band in the sense and the kind of the frontman guy uh i listened you know i listened to the stuff that when you announced as a singer and i was like damn like i was really it fits so well and and your voice is so good that in the songs are are like really good uh was that a like obviously you're good but was that something like you were concerned about like you're joining this band that already has like a following or uh how are people going to receive this well, thank you for the compliments. Um, yeah, there was definitely a concern. Um, I, I, at first, I actually didn't really know if I wanted to do it because there was a lot of fear uh, when the band reached out. Um, I, I was kind of hesitant to it because I was like, I don't know if like if I want the pressure of all of that. And uh, I don't know, something in me kind of just snapped where like, yeah, I was definitely like back and forth for a couple of days. And then I kind of just snapped where I was like, you know what? Like, this is a really good opportunity and it's all I've ever wanted. It's like, it's, it's very much my dream. And I've been, you know, I've been in seven bands because I, I just refused to give up. And so this opportunity came up and I was like, I have to do it. I just have to do it. And, uh, yeah, very grateful that I did. And, um, yeah, it was very, it was very scary to, you know all the different steps were scary whether it was proving myself to the band or proving myself to the fans um thankfully it came in kind of slow waves because it all was happening during the pandemic so Mm -hmm. i kind of was able to get used to things and uh prove myself to the band and really spend time on creating songs that we were happy with and um we spent i think a year it was a whole year together recording and getting to know each other before we actually even announced me in the band to the fans so so there it it, thankfully it kind of was a a slow you know learning process and and and, uh getting familiar with everything instead of just joining the band like in the public eye or something and i think that would have been pretty intense but but sure. Yeah, like they're like, oh, we're touring. We need a guy. Like, are you you ready to go? Yeah. You gotta sing all the and other honestly, songs. I don't. And I, don't be- I don't think it would have worked as well if that had happened. Like, I think, I think if I had joined the band and it was like, you know, they had if they announced Dan's departure and then two months later announced a new song with a new singer and a new tour. I don't think that would have worked. I mm-hmm. think that having that breathing time was really beneficial for us as a band for us as people and as the band and also for our fans Mm -hmm. yeah man i i I love the the two 
uh eps that you guys have put out so far it's it's really really good uh yeah <laughs> um so kyle when like searching out for cody or like did you know that he was the guy you wanted for the band once you know you guys needed a singer um i mean we kind of we kind of had a process of just like i mean i think we had like uh quite a few submissions and stuff oh did um, you do like a kind of like a cattle call type deal or no kind of i mean like it was kind of more like like we didn't actually like post like send submissions you know it was kind of more like hey if anyone like any of our friends and bands you guys know anyone like you know because we were determined that was the thing we were like we're gonna keep this band going you know okay so like you this, knew that it wasn't gonna stop yes yes okay yeah yeah that it was it that was a thing for us where it was like that was a big that was a big point i think a personal thing too for all of us was like we want to prove to ourselves and to the world that a band is more than one person you know because mm -hmm. i think that a lot of people get caught up in the idea that a band is a singer you know and mm -hmm. i think that it's really important to realize that there are always other people in the bands you know and there are a lot of bands trust me like everyone has their processes there are bands that the, literally the singer does do everything and writes everything and you know there 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 are situations like that but our band has never been that way you know mm -hmm. um like I, I i've always been the main lyricist of the band um and yeah you mentioned that, that. i didn't realize that you you were writing lyrics for all those early records yeah like you know um like i mean like our old vocalist still you know was writing um a chunk of things but for the most part um a lot of those songs were my songs and it was like it just didn't feel right to you know especially like like i mentioned earlier like dave the guitar player and i were the ones that really started the band together and it was just mm -hmm. like it always felt like a collective it wasn't it was never one person you know i think um so to us it was like yeah like we got to keep this going like it doesn't feel right to just you know be like oh well it's just done you know so mm -hmm. um but yeah so we were so in finding a new vocalist um it was scary because we had been doing it at that point for 10 years so right. there was a lot of fear of like is this even the right thing to do like i don't know and then the more we thought about it i'm like you know what like there are no rules to this like at the end of the day this is an art like there's no right or wrong answers. Like we can do whatever we want to do. And I really think that the whole vocalist change and stuff is just part of our story now, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'm like really proud to be able to, you know, say like, Hey, like real friends is still, you know, here and doing better than ever in a lot of aspects. And, mm -hmm. um, like, uh yeah and that's that's really cool to to say because you know there's a lot of fear going into it and there's a lot of like risk too you know but i think you know they say you know there's no reward without risk and i think that's really true <laughs> especially in this a couple things about me i am so indecisive but i love to cook that's why HelloFresh is perfect for me our family has been using HelloFresh for well over a year now, so we're so excited to have them on board supporting this podcast. Typically, I'll go to the grocery store with absolutely no plan. No idea what I'm going to cook for the week, just going in there, kind of wandering down aisles, grabbing some things, 
I get home and realize I literally can make nothing. So HelloFresh makes this so easy. I can choose from over 40 weekly recipes. So not only does our family know what we're going to have on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, but it saves me time going to the grocery store, either looking for one ingredient or trying to figure out what I'm going to be making. HelloFresh takes all of that hassle away by delivering fresh pre-portioned ingredients so you have exactly what you need, which will help me save my time. And it'll also cut down on a bunch of wasted food. I don't need to go buy a huge thing of spice and then I have to buy the big old tub of, you know, whatever it may be. And then it sits in my cupboard, taking up space, never to be ever utilized ever again. This doesn't just go for our delicious dinners. I mean, we do pick from the 40 weekly recipes, but you can also choose from over 100 items to round out your order, like snacks, easy lunches, desserts, stuff for the pantry. Everything arrives in one box on a delivery day that I choose. It comes every Wednesday. I know it's coming. My kids even love HelloFresh. I have a seven-year-old and a 15-year-old and just getting them to eat anything. Well, the 15-year-old, not so much, but the seven-year-old, so picky, loves the HelloFresh meals. Last night, we made the pineapple chicken tacos. It had some cabbage slaw, came with tortilla chips, green salsa delicious and again all the ingredients come in the bag everything is right there for you hellofresh cares about the quality that's why their seasoned ingredients are picked at peak ripeness and travel from the farm to your house in less than seven days and right now we're going to hook you up with 16 free meals plus free shipping go to hellofresh.com backwards 16 and use the code BACKWARDS16 for 16 free meals plus free delivery. HelloFresh.com slash BACKWARDS16. Use the code BACKWARDS16 for 16 free meals plus free shipping. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Going back to what you were saying before was... The, the process, I guess, of like finding someone, it was kind of like, you know, we were talking to just people like, Hey, if anyone knows anyone like to send stuff, you know, and we would kind of send like instrumental tracks of things. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the people would, would send back, you know, stuff. And to be honest with you, like a lot of stuff we were getting, we were kind of like, yeah, like, okay you know like a lot mm-hmm. of people were sending stuff and cody was the first person that we sent something that we were kind of like oh wow this sounds great like you know and it was mm-hmm. like a lot of other people it was funny too because there was a lot of people that were actually in other bands that are very good um that would send stuff and just wasn't the same i don't know it was kind of it was kind of like it, it, it was kind of a learning process really because i would like hear this band and be like, this band sounds great. And Oh, this vocalist wants to try out, you know, and then they'd sing over real friend songs. I'm like, wow, it doesn't sound this like something's missing, you know? Yeah. You um, can just kind of feel it didn't work the way yeah, you wanted it. Yeah, yeah it, exactly. Cause it's like, cause it is different. Like being like, okay, here's this song that I wrote around my vocal, like melody. And so like, it does take, I, I think it really takes a, like, so, like a lot of talent to be able to come in and, sing songs that you had no 
like you didn't write around your vocal range and things like that and like be able to sound like natural and good and like emotional still you know what i mean so mm-hmm. um so yeah so cody's was definitely the first that really stuck out to us and like um yeah it was just like i think from the start it was kind of like uh you know out of all the submissions and stuff he was definitely the one that stuck out the most you know but then going into the pandemic and stuff it, it was kind of weird because it was like we did we actually flew him out to do a rehearsal to like try him out essentially in person mm-hmm. um and then literally like two weeks later the pandemic was just like in full like mode <laughs> oh so, wow so you yeah. guys were having all this talk and and looking for someone before the pandemic even hit yeah it was pretty much like that month before really wow. it was kind of yeah so it was like um yeah it, it, it was wild because i remember cody flew out here and um there was like mentions of like yeah some people wearing masks on the plane and like this stuff and then literally like the idea was you know we had a good rehearsal with him and stuff and then we were like okay we want to bring him out again and like the idea actually was to like have him come out again and if it went well we were going to ask him to join like in person you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) um so that was kind of like the idea um and then yeah it just like the world went crazy um and and him being in canada too it was like that was you know change things uh oh yeah and canada was yeah. really uh strict about yeah, getting just, people in and out yeah it, it was just wild with all that and then uh so yeah so eventually um you know i kind of feel like honestly right when the pandemic hit we almost kind of went like the process kind of like got held up almost because we were like kind of like whoa like this is wild you know um so it was kind of like more like months, like a couple of months into the pandemic and stuff is when we kind of got on track again with everything. Um, and then, I thought I didn't get the job. Yeah, we kind of <laughs> let him let him hang for a while. So <laughs> I was sweating. Yeah, I had like two months, I think, went by where I like we did the live practice. We, I met everybody, had the practice and went pretty decently. And then like nothing really happened for a couple months. And I was like, dang, I guess they didn't get it. <laughs> and then they were like, Hey, we'd want to hop on a call with you. And I was like, Oh, okay. And it, like out of the blue, they were just like, Hey, we want to hop on a call. And I was like, okay, well maybe this is good news. And like, I thought it was just going to be like Kyle and the manager or something. And mm-hmm. I hop on the call and everybody was on the phone. And I like, when I saw everyone was in the video call, I was like, okay, I think this is going to be good. And then they were, then, then they, they had to ask me to join the band over FaceTime. A, 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 a FaceTime. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's a trip <laughs> to, yeah. to, you know, join the band that way. What was the song that you were sent? Like, Cody, you remember getting the song, like the instrumental and then was it hard to kind of be like, okay, how am I going to take, how am I going to do this? Like, did you spend a lot of time trying to figure out the best, way to to record your piece or were you listening to the old real friend songs in no like i would imagine you wouldn't want to emulate what he was already doing yeah no i i didn't want to be just like a carbon copy like i like just 
I think I knew what Real Friends was. I knew the band, and um, I think that I knew what Real Friends was like about. And mm-hmm. I think that it also like matched with just like how I am as a vocalist and and what I like to do as well. And um, I had a friend of mine that I reached out to and I was just like, Hey, like I want to record some, uh, some, some submissions for, for real friends or whatever. And we kind of went in and I recorded um, some of the old songs, actually Um, me first and from From the outside outside. and uh, uh, I've given up on you. I did. So we did those three songs and uh, I think I think I did listen to we had uh the 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 original version that we listened to in the studio to kind of just get like like obviously I had to learn how to like like the the phrasings and and right. whatnot and like the, the cadence of everything and like how kind of how it was sung but um but yeah I I think I kind of just I put my own spin on it and I think without having to try too hard i think i might like i kind of just was able to uh to do what what real friends was looking for i think Mm -hmm. like i don't i don't think i had to like change my voice or anything like that or like try to be something different than what i what i already do i think i think i was just like I like to think that i was a good fit (laughs) hence why no for sure yeah i would imagine it's hard to kind of just to be authentic on something that was already, you know, established, but you obviously did it really well and, and, and you're doing it well, it like going into something. And if you had heard it a bunch of times, like you wouldn't want to emulate this person because there's a reason why they're reaching out to you, but then to bring your own voice into it. Like they always say like the hardest thing to do is like to be yourself. You know what I mean? <laughs> like be authentic. For sure. um, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think like, um, I just, I, I kind of just, uh, well, yeah, I was able to bring my own personality to it a little bit. And I know that it's not like exactly how Dan would sing songs and, and whatnot. You know, I think he was a, a specific type of vocalist and, you know, I didn't really want to try to, to be that. I wanted to be my own person as well. And thankfully, I think how I like to sing just, it's different, but it matches what Real Friends is about, I think. Sure. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. With that first EP that you guys put out, you know, uh, Torn In Two, as you uh, on vocals, like, was that something you guys had to write over the pandemic? I think like virtually because of like restrictions with traveling from Canada or like, how did that work out? And then I want obviously want to talk to you guys about the new the new one. Uh, we wrote. We, we we actually we did write that through the pandemic, but we actually didn't have to do anything virtually because we were able to uh, like get studio time um, actually like in person. So oh, that's good. Yeah. So it didn't so, affect you in the way of like, here's the songs. And then Cody's like singing them from Canada no, in a studio and drop no, back or whatever. No, we we were we we were able to like, thankfully, it was kind of nice in a way, honestly, like I don't know if nice is the right word, but um it, it there there was a charm in a way of like the world was kind of on pause and we were recording um mm-hmm. like there was sort of less pressure 
um because the band was literally like no nah, i think you froze on me kyle yeah kyle you, you froze on us the beauty of zoom and the internet yes <laughs> maybe his phone died i could pick up where he left off though for in the meantime hell yeah cool what, thanks what guys. was the what was the question again I was asking just like the recording process of that album yes. or the EP, like being EP. not having to send it back and forth. I didn't know because you being in Canada at the time and having those yes. restrictions going back and forth, how were you able yes. to put together the EP? Right. Yeah. I was, yeah, we were able to do in, in session, like able to actually go into the studio and stuff like that. It actually worked out where, cause right at the very beginning of the pandemic, things were still a little bit loose. People were really didn't figure out, what was going on yet so flying was still kind of allowed we we didn't know if we were i was going to be able to get in we thought it was going to be a headache mm-hmm. but vaccines weren't a thing or anything like that yet so there wasn't like needing any a need for any of that but we we had studio time booked in la and kind of just booked it and went for it and hoped for the best and it ended up working out where i was able to get in and so yeah we we went in and recorded a whole bunch of songs um uh, with mike green and uh the idea was to record these songs and then you know start releasing them and whatever but then when we found out that touring wasn't going to come back or anything like that we realized that we had you know this uh, the the possibility to just like really dive in and write as much as we wanted to and really get the perfect song so we decided since we had this extra time to just keep writing and so we went in with a couple of different people and producers and and just kept writing and basically we're just decided to like write and record music until we had an idea of touring was going to come back and uh and then when we finally got word that like yeah like shows are starting to happen again and whatever. And they're like, all right, this is our time. We've got like 30 songs, <laughs> which what are our five favorite? <laughs> yeah. And that's what happened. <laughs> was it hard to make a decision on what the song was to put out first to kind of make your, you know, debut to, to the family yeah. or to the world, I guess, really? Yeah, definitely. Um, we had a lot of different songs and, you know, there was a lot of experimenting going on. And and I think we had songs that were really good, but weren't real friends songs. Mm-hmm. So we had to, you know, we really sat down with all of them and really tried to dial in like what represents me as a new vocalist, but also represents what real friends is about. And there's the sound that they're coming from. And, you know, we had a lot to choose from and it definitely was a challenging process, but, um, yeah, I think we're all we're all pretty happy and proud of what we ended up coming out with. Yeah, and I'm sure it was pretty validating to not only this, you know the songs do well, but to have the fan base kind of embrace what you were doing instead of being like, oh, we're not going to listen to this band anymore because it's not you know Dan or whatever. Yeah, I think it, it was a really good like testament to how uh, true the the fans of Real Friends are, mm-hmm. um, because I think that. A, a real fan of the band will see that how important this is to all of us and how important it is to the band. And um, I think the people that like stuck by real friends are the people who really do care about the band. And, 
it was, you know, very scary releasing the music and seeing the support was really overwhelming. It was really shocking to all of us. Like we, you know, we, like we said, we didn't really know what was going to happen and it really could have gone either way. And um, from like right off the bat, people were really supportive and um, really like welcomed me into the family. And um, yeah, it was just, it was a really incredible experience. It was a really, it was a great day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would imagine that's such a great feeling to to see that, you know, instead of like, uh oh, are people going to just start hating or whatever? But um, yeah, that's amazing. And I, we, have, sorry, go ahead. I, I was just going to say, I think there was a lot of fear of like being like someone's going to take sides of like, like oh, I know sure. we, we built it. I mean, like the the anxiety going into all of it was like just kind of it was crazy because it's like you think like people are going to be like old singer versus new singer old stuff versus new stuff and all and like it's been really cool because it's been like so many people are just like i love real friends old stuff i love the new stuff like i'm a real friends fan like just being like cody said like the fans being so accepting of just like everything like and just realizing too like once you get in the real world it's like people don't have to take sides here, you know? Right. It's like, it's like, there's people that are like, Oh, I love the songs from 10 years ago. Cause they, I grew up with them and they helped me and like, Oh, I love the new songs. And like, uh, it's just, it's, it, it's really refreshing to see. And like, makes me very like appreciate our fans in such a different way now, you know, mm-hmm. and just being like, be just being so accepting. And I think that's something that this community has always been about is like accept accepting everyone and everything and like all opinions and everything. And like, I think that our, you know, our vocalist change and Cody being in real friends now is like a testament to that of just people being open-minded and being Mm -hmm. like, not just like, you know, of course there's always those couple people, you know, that are going to be like, you know, the loud voices on the internet that are going to say some stuff or whatever, but you know, I think for the most part, it's like, you know, even on this tour that we just, that we're like this first leg of this tour that we just got done doing. It's like, there's people that are like, I've seen you 25 times, like (laughs) over the last 10 years. And like to them, it's like that night, it was like, it's a real friend show, just like it was 10 years ago, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think there's, there's, there's something about that, that I think that's really cool. And that I'm really proud that we were able to like, kind of keep the same spirit of the band even with a new singer yeah that's incredible i was gonna say like of course there's always gonna be the person that's on the internet hating they could have been this you know the same vocalist they're like oh you know there some people get so married to like the the nostalgia and the old the old song you know it's it's i feel like with any band that could be the case yeah, that's yeah. exactly right. Like a lot of these new songs, people could the exact same people could be like, "Ah, oh, it's not like their first DP that I loved, you right. know, yeah. ten years ago." It, like, and you know, you see online sometimes people will try to turn it into a competition, which really confuses me because, like, it doesn't have to be that. Like, it's no, this isn't a competition. It's all like love and respect. We're like, we're all friends, and we're all just trying to make music and you know, because it means something to us and we want it to mean something to other people. That's like what it comes down to at the end of the day. It's not mm-hmm. who's a better singer. It's, it's like, let's make something special together. Like, you know, I, I think like the point of it might get lost with a few people, but 
Um, and they definitely do like, like, like to be loud on the internet. And I, one time I saw a comment like on Reddit or whatever saying like, Oh, it surprises me. They're still selling out shows when it has like six upvotes. And it's like, it's like, I feel like those people online would think like there's such a loud voice with like kind of a main character syndrome, but it's like, <laughs> we have thousands of people coming out to every show. Right. It's no one like, gives a shit. Yeah. No <laughs> one gives a shit. Strong. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's like, <laughs> There's you Dick's know Reddit 20 fans people are like Reddit's... chiming in like yeah li- likes this it's like okay dude yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh, yeah the support has been amazing and you know not not only online but you know especially like in person you know like like I was saying we've been playing a whole bunch of sold out shows and and mm-hmm. the shows have been you know amazing and I'm meeting the fans and um. You know, they, they have nothing but kind words to say. And people are very like just happy that World Friends is still a band. They don't care about all of the politics. They're just happy that we're still making music and still playing shows and still creating a community for everyone to come and be involved in. That's awesome. Yeah, you guys did a a, a friend of mine play or he's I guess the band really isn't around. I don't know if they've announced it, but well, with with, with confidence, you guys did a tour with them and Taylor Acorn, two people that I I know. And I saw that. that was, that's pretty rad. Yeah, that was a great tour. That was yeah. that was a lot of fun. Yeah. So um, and then you're on tour now with Knuckle Puck. Yeah, yeah, we're we're uh, we're like in a two week break right now. There's like two legs to the tour. So we're actually like get a little bit of downtime. That's nice. Um, but uh, but yeah, but so far, I mean, like the first leg of the tour, we finished out and it is like, honestly, like probably one of my favorite tours we've ever done. It's just been it's been cool to just play with uh, us and Knuckle Puck have a very similar career path and we're from the same area. And like, That's awesome. uh, yeah, it's just been cool to like we've toured with them before, but never as like, like the, the headliners. So it's been, uh, yeah, it's been super cool to, to have that, uh, you know, do shows and have them sell out. And it's like us and them together. Like it's just something about that. That is, uh, really cool. That's awesome. And well, so, uh, this, the new EP, there's nothing worse than too late. Um, was this approach different than the, the first album? And like, Cody, did you feel like, you know, you already had the first, you know, EP and the music and the debut and all that, that shit out of the way. And now it's like, okay, we can just really, was the mindset any different going into this, this EP? Um, I think the pressure was still there because and like, I think the pressure is always going to be there, <laughs> but you know, we still, uh, you know, the, the fear of having the fan base, like me was kind of gone and, you know there was less of the, like having to prove myself i guess mm-hmm. but we still wanted to make like the best songs that we could possibly make and even you know follow it up with even better music and uh i think cody you sound a little you sound a little muffled yeah oh, so, sorry you like you're underwater oh sorry yeah. there you go um cool. but yeah so yeah there was there was the pressure but uh not the pressure of having to like prove myself more. So just wanting to make the best songs we could. And uh, the only difference going into this, the, the, the newest record was that we wanted to uh, try to dial it back into um, like pop punk vibes, I guess. And mm-hmm. um, 
not be too poppy and and whatnot and just try to stay true to what like where real friends came from um and i think you see that a lot especially like in this genre where a lot of bands by their 30p they're like full-blown pop bands Mm -hmm. and i don't think we wanted to do that um but i think there was some question of it like i think like we we were starting to write some of the songs like that but it didn't feel right it didn't feel like kind of like true to what we were about and especially for myself i actually like come from more of like a heavier music and whatnot and i like like throwing screams in the songs and like really diving into like the heavier side of things and i think that i'm like always kind of trying to push that as well mm-hmm. and uh and so i think that the the, the whole band kind of just like tried to dive more into the heavier side and so on this new ep there are like in a couple of bridges of songs there's like screaming in the background and stuff like that and I've seen a really good response from that online. Like people being like, Oh, there's like screaming happening. Is that Cody? Like what, who is that in there? <laughs> and uh, people seem to be stoked about it, which, which makes me excited because that's definitely like where I want to keep things. I, I would love to like continue making like really aggressive emo music. Like for me, I, like I'm feel like I'm a bit more of a emo kid than a pop punk kid. Mm-hmm. Um, which works well because I think that there are definitely some more pop punk leading people in the band and it's like adds nice flavor to the music. And, uh, and, and I think you can definitely tell that on the new EP where there's, you know, there's like a lot of hooky pop pop parts, but there's still a lot of raw emotion to it. Sure. Uh, yeah. It, it almost goes back to kind of what we were saying earlier, Kyle, with like Thursday. I mean, there's the screen, like, Cody's got a great voice and he can sing all the parts, but then there's kind of those backing like screams that you know, sure. like cross out the eyes at the end, you know, he's yep. yelling. Like, I think that's, that's such a cool thing. And with like the resurgence of like this pop punk thing and like MGM, you know, machine gun Kelly and all this stuff. That's every band that Travis Barker's producing now. It's like mm-hmm. this whole thing where I could see it being kind of easy to go, oh, you know, let's, push more in this pop realm but you, yeah. you didn't you guys stayed true to yourself i love that yeah i think i i i really think like you know with the newest ep i think we kind of like car i think the first ep we did with cody was sort of still trying to figure it out honestly mm-hmm. um i think there's moments on that ep that i really enjoy and then there's also moments that i listen to that i'm like oh, i don't think we would do that again you know um and because at the end of the day with the whole thing with Cody and the vocalist change, it's like, we tried to get advice from people about it. Even like, I don't like, there's no book written on it. You know, it was right. like, we kind of figured it out as we were going. Um, and I really think the newest CP, there's nothing worse than too late. It's like, um, I think that that really is definitely a much better representation of the band than the torn into EP, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, cause I think like Cody said, it's like, yeah, we're, we're, we're always trying to experiment and push the walls out in different ways. But I feel like, um, the newest EP, there was something, there was a charm about like being like, let's like go back in some ways to what the band why the band is here like the more pop punk emo roots but also do it in a newer way you know which Mm -hmm. i think 
like because like when you listen to it to me it doesn't sound like oh this is dated or anything like it no, sounds fresh all. it yeah. sounds fresh and new but we were also able to take a lot of influence from like even ourselves in a way you know mm-hmm. of being like hey like we want more like riffs like more riffy stuff or oh we want more heavier moments you know things like that that we have done in the past but being able to do it in just a fresh way you know right so yeah no a hundred yeah because it could be easy to just go back and be like oh we're gonna rewrite you know you don't want to be the bands rewriting the same record no and but you'll have the nostalgia guy on reddit that's like why aren't you putting out the same album 12 times yeah for sure this isn't like yeah whatever um but yeah i I think the the new ep is 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 incredible and i love what you guys are doing cody your voice is killer man It, it works so well with the band Thank you very much. Yeah, I have one more question. Thank you both so much for doing this. I, I'm, yeah. I'm a, been a fan for a long time and I appreciate your time today. Uh, I want to know if I can get an answer from both of you, if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Um, my number one advice for people is always like spend the time, especially now, spend the time on the music, you know, and mm-hmm really invent always realize that that's number one you know um and when i say that i mean like you know there's been bands that have given us demos over the years they're like check out my band and it's like a lot of the songs are actually good songs but they're like not recorded well or like you know what i mean like sonically doesn't sound right like like just put in the time and effort and money when needed to like really have a really good recording you know it's good to have one great recorded song than five okay recorded songs (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. um and just being able to really realize that the music is number one and put in the time and effort with that because i think today it's easy to get caught up in the like content part of it and trying to like create a cool video with it or whatever which is important as well but realize that it's like make sure the song is exactly where it needs to be first check mark. Okay. Then do everything else. You know, I love that. Yeah. What about, so def- what about- definitely what Kyle said, if you want to have good songs, that's the first thing, like, you know, that's the first thing. Um, Cause it, you know, if you're, if your songs aren't good and you're touring and trying to book shows and get management and stuff like that, I feel like you're just wasting your time. You definitely want to make totally. sure that you're like really happy with the songs. Um, and the main piece of advice that I always try to give to aspiring musicians though, is to not take yourself too seriously and not set too high of expectations. Um, because I think that a lot of people getting into music, they kind of like right off the bat are like, Oh, we got to get a label and whatever. And, you know, kind of Kyle, how Kyle was saying earlier is that's not like how real friends started. It was very much like, just organic, like let's have fun and see what happens. And I think there's something really special about that. And like not putting that pressure on yourself allows you to truly blossom into who you are supposed to be as a musician and as a band and any band that I've ever been in, that's like done anything or has any type has had any type of success has always started out as like a passion project. And so I think it's really important for young musicians to like, do things that are true to you and true to what you actually want to be doing. And if you want to make a stupid TikTok video, make that stupid TikTok video because that's truly who you are and who you want to be. 
not because you think that's what you need to do to become popular and, you know, play shows because you want to play those shows, not because you think you need to be somewhere or need to be doing something. You know, I think it's really important to just do what's true to you and have fun. 